you follow me on TikTok, you know I talk a lot about celebrity brands, celebrity brands, influencer brands, talent-led brands in general, because I am fascinated by the intersection of content and commerce. And in the past, that might have looked a little something like, let's say, an editorial strategy alongside an e-commerce website, something like Into the Gloss, something like Violet Gray's website, which I still love, by the way, something like Goop, Food 52. I still am so bullish on that general concept, but the way that looks now has evolved quite a bit. And today, what it looks like is like Mr. Beast or Emma Chamberlain launching a brand. It looks like these influencer-led beauty brands, skincare brands, and it looks like celebrity brands. Now, I have some thoughts on the celebrity brand space because we have seen an absolute explosion of them. And I actually discussed this in my most recent newsletter, my Substack newsletter. So I just wanted to do a little solo episode kind of breaking down my general thoughts on celebrity brands, the state of celebrity brands today, what I think are going to be some of the trends moving forward, some predictions, and just give you guys my thoughts because I've talked about this plenty on TikTok, but I haven't actually addressed it in a solo episode on the podcast before. So again, if you've followed along for any of my content, you probably know that I am generally bearish on most celebrity brands specifically, but I am bullish on the general high-level concept of matching good talent with theoretically great product. That's a trend that isn't going anywhere. But in terms of execution, we've seen a lot of teams spin up these brands that are effectively no more than cash grabs or even glorified merch that don't do anything interesting, and then they flop. And we wonder why they're not successful, even though they have Ariana Grande or Brad Pitt or Scarlett Johansson as the face of the brand. Well, it's because what we're starting to see is there are no shortcuts. You still have to build a great brand that has all the same amazing fundamentals as any other brand. And then you layer on that celebrity face, that celebrity name. And if there's strong alignment there, and if that celebrity is involved and they have a POV on the space and they are generally fairly entrepreneurial and willing to devote real time to getting that brand off the ground, then you might have a shot at building something amazing. But for every Fenty, for every Skims out there, you're going to have just a graveyard of dozens of failed celebrity brands. And that's what I think people don't get. I think that what happens in just the world of business in general is people get excited by specific trends and they think it's some sort of silver bullet and they lean too much on that particular dimension of the business and sacrifice some of the other fundamentals when actually for most of these brands, the celebrity is really going to amplify your reach. And it's going to give you an unfair advantage as far as distribution if you execute on it correctly, but it cannot replace the fundamentals. It is no substitute for having great products that are differentiated and high quality and good value and really worth customers coming back for more. Kind of like, you know, the last couple of years until recently, crypto and Web3 and NFTs were being attached to every conceivable idea and product and business when actually it doesn't always make sense. And just because you include some shiny kind of NFT concept in your business or in your pitch deck doesn't mean you have a viable business. And I think we're going to start to see that maybe to some extent with AI, generative AI. I actually think there's something truly remarkable there. And we are in the midst of some sort of a platform shift, a tectonic shift in the way that we do things in general with AI. But I think it's early enough that there's a lot of hype around it. We're in a downturn, especially in tech. And because of that, a lot of investors and a lot of operators are looking for the next new thing. 
that could compensate for some of the headwinds in Silicon Valley that are placing downward pressures on valuations and traction in Silicon Valley. Because of that, people are flocking to AI and they're coming up with all these ideas that make it hard to discern the signal from the noise. And that's kind of just how Silicon Valley works in general. But I think we're going to see that trend exaggerated because of that combination of there aren't a lot of great opportunities right now. Things are generally pretty tough, but this seems to be that beacon of hope right now to see real innovation and real returns. So anyway, going back to this idea of celebrity brands, I think celebrity brands were functioning kind of similarly over the last few years on the consumer brand side. In the mid-teens, there was this sort of explosion of direct consumer brands, right? The first and second waves of D2C brands, the Glossiers, the Everlanes, the Aways, the Caspers, the Warby Parkers. We saw the initial success and promise of those brands. And then we realized, oh, there's actually a lot that is really challenging about this business as far as making it venture scale and raising a ton of venture capital and trying to maximize the rate of growth of top line revenue at the expense of unit economics that are sound, that is not sustainable. So we learned that. And then we realized, oh, Facebook ad costs are rising. And then iOS 14 happened. And so CAC is just hard now. Customer acquisition costs are just really, really tough. And so that accelerated this appeal of celebrity brands, influencer brands, of taking a brand and attaching on some sort of a famous face or name because of that problem of how do you solve for CAC, right? How do you solve for customer acquisition? How do you drive those costs down so that we can actually generate some profits here? And then everybody started spinning up these celebrity brands, influencer brands, and they were kind of doing it in a cash grabby kind of way. But you know what? Consumers are smart. And after seeing that a few times, they become pretty cynical and rightfully so, because a lot of these brands truly do not need to exist. Here's the golden rule of launching a successful celebrity brand. If you take away the famous face or name, does that brand still stand on its own? Do you still have the right team executing in a world-class way, truly innovative product, doing something differentiated? Do you have the right brand story? All those other ingredients, right? The, the right economics, all those other things that you need to have in a consumer brand to make it work, you still need to have those things to the same degree. In fact, now more than ever, because it is so competitive. There are so many brands, including so many other celebrity brands to compete with, because consumers are actually becoming increasingly skeptical of a new celebrity brand, right? When John Legend announces that he's launching a skincare brand or a beauty brand, people in the comments on social media, if you take a look at some of those posts, they are super skeptical. And I think people are just feeling fatigued by all of these really sort of random, out of left field, why is the celebrity launching this brand? Are they even enthusiastic about this? Are they even actually involved? Or do they just have some sort of an equity stake and some incubator came up to them and said, hey, we can make you a lot of money. Just promise to post us these, you know, four posts per month or per quarter and we will do this photo shoot and then we're going to make it seem like you're actively involved, make it feel authentic when it's actually not. That doesn't really work that well anymore. People can feel it. People can see through it. And you know what? It's just not as likely if that's the question that is your North Star. It's very unlikely that you're going to develop something that is beloved by customers. Instead, if you actually put the customer first and really try to develop something that doesn't exist, that needs to exist, you're going to be that much more likely to create something that customers like. Surprise, price. And they're going to come back for more. You're going to see repeat purchase rate because that's the other thing. You might be able to generate those initial sales, maybe an initial few million in sales, depending on the reach and 
awareness around your talent. But then what? Are those people going to come back? Are they going to make repeat purchases? Your hardcore fans, right? Ariana's hardcore fans might buy that initial purchase of REM Beauty products, but they're probably not going to buy second or third orders if they're not truly seeing something special about the products. Even the stands, right? Even the stands are not going to keep coming back, especially if they're, they skew kind of younger. And I think stands tend to skew a little young. They're not going to come back unless the products are good. People are just not going to keep spending money with you unless your products really stand out, unless it's materially better than the alternative. So that needs to be the North Star. And that's true of any business, but it's also true of celebrity brands, influencer brands, and people just don't realize it. They think they can compensate for weak product with a famous face, but increasingly that is becoming very, very difficult as a value proposition. And so here are some of my predictions. Most celebrity brands, especially beauty brands launched in the past few years, are going to flop. We're going to see a failure rate that is basically akin to the failure rate that you see in non-celebrity-led brands. So we're going to start to see that shakeout. And we're going to start to realize that these brands, like everybody else, need to make something that people want. And having a famous face with millions of followers is not going to earn you the right to bypass this important golden ironclad rule of business, because this is what creates sustainable growth. Again, you might see that initial spike in sales, but do you have sustainable growth? Next, I think we're going to start to see more brands position the talent as an ambassador, as an endorsement deal, as a, an investor, instead of as a founder or a co-founder, because people are starting to sniff out the situations, the brands where the co-founder is not really a co-founder. It seems like a cash grab. It doesn't seem like they're that involved, right? Word gets around and people can feel it. So it's actually more effective, in my opinion. It's more compelling when you're able to say, oh, you know what? Maria Sharapova is an investor in Supergoop instead of saying, Maria Sharapova is the creative director and co-founder now. And it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really add up, right? Like, the first one sounds actually even more compelling than it otherwise would sound. And the second, when you start to slap on some celebrity name, that actually, I think, detracts from the authenticity of the brand story. I think moving forward, some of the factors that will become more important are to find a celebrity or an influencer who genuinely loves the product and the brand, maybe even they were a customer before they ever decided that they wanted to become involved in some way as an investor, as a creative director, what have you. I think it's really important for that talent to be active on social media. And that kind of sounds obvious, but if you're going to create a celebrity brand, you probably want that celebrity to have actual distribution power on the internet. And this isn't true of every celebrity. I made a video a while back about how some celebrities are celebrities and influencers, like Kim Kardashian is the ultimate celebrity and influencer because she has that super active following online, right? She has a huge following on social media. She's always been good at social media and she, more than any other celebrity, understands how to leverage social media in addition to the fact that she is mainstream Hollywood talent from the reality television side. Not everybody has that. Think about Scarlett Johansson. She is not active on social media. So in my opinion, it kind of didn't make sense to launch a beauty brand, a skincare brand with her. I guess, yeah, if you make the very crude <laughs> argument that she is iconic and beautiful and therefore should have her own beauty brand, but I think that's really not doing justice to how sophisticated consumers can be. They're not just going to buy skincare because it has niacinamide and it was 
started by Scarlett Johansson. They want good products. They want good products from somebody who has been demonstrating an ongoing interest in skincare. That's where I think a lot of the influencers who have launched skincare brands and beauty brands do really well. I think Mariana Hewitt and Lauren Ireland of Summer Fridays, they have crushed it. I think Leah Yu of Crave Beauty has done an amazing job. Susan Yar of Notorium. I think these are great examples. These are people who have been creating content about beauty and skincare for years and years, and then they launched their beauty brand. And they have been successful, in my opinion, because there is that authenticity, there is that credibility. They have been cultivating communities around these topics specifically for years before they ever launched these brands. Plus, they have that two-way dialogue with their followers, and so they know what their followers like. That's the other thing. They've been doing that customer development for years. Not to mention the fact that these are all really entrepreneurial people who were willing to, after building up that initial following, really devote themselves to getting these businesses off the ground and scaling I think that's the other thing that is tricky about influencer brands and celebrity brands is very often the people who get the most inbound opportunities to potentially launch their own brand are the people who are hitting the peak of their career or they're really taking off and they're seeing all these different opportunities. And so the opportunity cost for them to fully focus on that brand, which is really what you need to do to truly give a brand the best shot at being successful, the opportunity cost is really high, right? The opportunity cost for Ariana Grande to focus less on music and more on her cosmetics brand is really high. And she probably doesn't want to do that because she loves music. I can guarantee you Tinks has probably gotten 10,000 offers to launch different brands. I bet you so many people have approached her with promises of making her millions and millions of dollars if she launches XYZ. Um, But I think she's actually really savvy about these things. And she has opted for, you know what, I'm going to do the podcast. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do some interesting collaborations with, I think the most recent one was Tabasco or whatever, some sort of hot sauce. And I'm going to drop a merch line, a merch line that's actually really fun and really high quality, something you actually want to wear because it's stylish and chic and fun, not just because you love Tinks. And I think she's done a really good job of blurring that line between, yes, this is merch, but it's merch you would actually want to wear regardless of the talent behind it. And not everybody does that. So I think she's a great example of somebody who could have launched a brand of her own, like a skincare brand, a beauty brand, whatever, but she hasn't done that. And I think that restraint is actually wise. And finally, let's talk about retention. These are becoming even more important with all the headwinds happening in the startup world in general and with early stage consumer brands. Where does retention come from? Retention fundamentally comes from a great customer experience and incredible products, high quality products with a great brand story that people find truly compelling. Now, if you don't have that, you don't have retention. And the comparative disadvantage that a lot of celebrity brands have is that they were based early on on the flawed assumption that they didn't have to try maybe as hard as everybody else on perfecting a product and truly finding differentiation because they have a celebrity attached to it. Why would they need to? But in fact, I think we're starting to see that's not the case. You need both. It's not an accident that Fenty Beauty is a gazillion dollar brand. I mean, they have Rihanna, who is one of the most sort of like marketable celebrities out there, and they partnered with LVMH and Kendo to launch the brand. And that means they were able to get advantageous distribution through Sephora stores worldwide from day one. All of those are huge competitive advantages, but also the products are damn good and people love them. And they created that 
full suite of different foundations for all different skin tones in a way that was truly high quality, right? Like well executed. That is meaningful. Skims also, another multi-billion dollar brand launched by a celebrity, but that doesn't skimp on product quality. People love skims. People even begrudgingly love skims. Imagine how good your products have to be for people who do not like the talent to begrudgingly keep buying the product. So in my mind, Skims is the next Victoria's Secret, and they are well on their way there. They are an absolute juggernaut. They are going to take over the world, and I think deservedly so because the products are damn good. It's not an accident that Skims is one of the most successful celebrity brands out there today. They have good products. Also because they partnered with Jens Greed, Emma Greed, people who really know fashion, who really know apparel. That's the other thing that, you know, Skims has and Rare Beauty has and Fenty has. They all have excellent teams. The teams behind the scenes are incredible and they're industry veterans and they know what they're doing. And when you pair that with great talent who's actively involved and very entrepreneurial and is devoted to doing their part, and you have good product, I mean, that's a pretty winning formula in my book. But at the end of the day, there are no guarantees. There are no guaranteed playbooks or formulas. But I think these are some of the factors that distinguish the good celebrity brands from the ones that are just going to flop. So it's an interesting space. We're going to see more sophistication and discernment, like I said, around how these teams, how people in general, how the industry thinks about matching talent with brands. We're going to see less and less people launching their own brands and more and more people opting instead to just be ambassadors in kind of the good old traditional way or investors. That's my take on celebrity brands. I would love to know your thoughts on this, especially if you work in the industry. I think it's always fun to stress test and challenge these ideas and grapple with opposing perspectives. So I'm open to your thoughts. Shoot me a DM. I'm on Instagram. I am Dolma. So. If this was interesting or helpful, share it with a friend and until next time.